Hello. Thank you for joining us for another episode of This Week in AML. I'm John Byrne, Chair of the AMLRS Advisory Board. And I'm Elliot Berman, our Creative Director. We are excited to welcome you to the This Week in AML podcast, where we explore key news and developments in the global financial crime prevention community. Hi, John. How are you today? Hi, Elliot. Uh, Sounds like I'm doing a little better than you. How are you feeling? I feel fine, but I've got a uh, clearly have a head cold or something. And so uh, you can hear it in my throat, hear it in my nose, but um, I don't feel bad. So um, hopefully it'll pass quickly. So um, heading to Puerto Rico in the morning uh, for a couple of events, uh, that island obviously has been harmed greatly by the hurricane. But in the San Juan area, I've been told that it's uh, a little more navigable or whatever. Um, But uh, our advisory board member, uh, Mary Lou Menes, is going to be receiving an award for her work with Homeland Security and her great work on the island in the AML space. So so that uh, that's great. And then the next day, she and I are going to be doing some training for uh, bank examiners, um, some extensive uh, training on a whole host of issues. So. Looking forward to that. Again, I, I know uh, that uh, travel's always dicey, but uh, I think uh, next week after we're back, uh, hopefully I'll be able to report back on some good things there. So that's all going on, which leads me to our conversation today. Um, Cuba is also getting hammered uh, by the hurricane as we speak, actually, as we record this. And one of the things that I saw um, in, in my newsfeed um, today that was actually issued yesterday was a new FAQ from OFAC and OFAC does these, you know, constantly, and they're really good at providing information, but this is to the Cuban assets control regulations. And and that's obviously Cuban sanctions are an area that become uh, over time, very difficult to navigate. You need to really obviously stay up to speed. There are some um, FAQs that, talk about how you can provide funds for educational purposes, for research purposes, but this is specifically about sending remittances using digital payments. And that's gonna become pretty important to get uh, monies to the island uh, from family and friends to help people. So the fact that this came out, I'm sure is not a coincidence. No, um, and the the definition that uh that FinCEN uses, or I'm sorry, OFAC uses for the, uh, for digital transmission is very broad, uh, which is, a, in this case, is a good thing. Um, there's always the risk, to, depending on how badly uh, Cuba is uh, damaged by the storm, whether or not the networks at, at the receiving end will be up and functioning, whether that's cellular networks or banking networks, Um, but at least there is a process. And when you look at the definition of uh, what are, um, what remittances are allowed, the first three really speak specifically to what, uh, to the current instance. The first is family remittances. So, uh, you know, people from the U.S., subject to U.S. jurisdiction who are 18 years or older um, can send to family members. That's defined, um, but it's, uh, it's also a reasonably broad definition. So um, generally, you're going to catch many people that you would think you would. Uh, donative remittances. So um, uh, 
uh, you can do that. And then remittances to certain individuals and independent non-governmental organizations in Cuba. And those would be the NGOs. Many of those will be the NGOs on the ground trying to help people uh, and the uh, and the communities put themselves back together. So uh, pretty broad. There's some other categories that are allowed, but these are the these three in particular are, you know, square on what we're talking about here. Yeah, they, they also remind us that OFAC's general licenses are self-executing, and that's, of course, that you can assess that the transactions fall within the scope um, without getting further permission, if you will, assurance from OFAC. But there's a, there's a line in, or two lines in there that I thought were important to repeat for our uh, bank clients, because you got to, as they say, navigating this is always it's always a challenge. Um, you don't want to be on the other side of a sanctions prohibition, but a banking institution is expected to conduct a level of due diligence. They say that's commensurate um, with its overall risk profile and its internal compliance policies and procedures. That obviously a statement that's correct on many levels that they say, however, as noted in uh, the FAQ, uh, FAQ actually 1057, Banking institutions, including U.S. registered money transmitters, may rely on the statements of their customers that remittance transactions are authorized unless they know or have reason to know a transaction is not authorized. Now, that sounds, I have to use the word again, reasonable, but obviously uh, you know, the proof is in the enforcement there. So um, obviously OFAC is trying to make this an easier process, but still the bank has to make a decision uh, based on their previous experience with their customers, uh, you know, in terms of the information that they have provided and validate uh, that information. But I thought that was particularly interesting. And, um, uh, and, and they go on to say that they don't authorize transactions um, related to collecting, forwarding, receipt of of remittances involving any entity that's identified, obviously, on the State Department's Cuba restricted list. So there's a lot there. Um, you know, our sanctions experts in our community obviously know this space really, really well. But I do think OFAC deserves a lot of credit, um, as they have over time, provided a lot more information that includes, um, comp I would argue, compliance direction than, than they really ever did, you know, say, five, 10 years ago. Yes. <clears throat> it's been a conversation that has been ongoing in the community between um, <clears throat> members of the community and the trade associations, as well as uh, parts of the Treasury Department and the bank regulators. And this is a nice example of um, a real world timely assist when people are scurrying to figure out what can I do and how can I do it in an emergency. Right. And as I referenced, if you go back, uh, there was a release in June, in June 9th, um, that talks about educational activities, uh, because I know from talking to some of our clients, uh, when there was a lot of confusion, specifically in the last administration, in terms of, uh, you know, college groups and other research groups that would go to Cuba in terms of how a financial institution could provide loans or funds there. There's a lot of questions about that. So there's a lot of information in this June notice that I'm sure, again, a sanctions expert aware of, but for those that sort of dabble in this, professional research, professional meetings there, you know, if you're going to organize a meeting or a conference, <laughs> uh, bless you, uh, you. Must, 
you must be related to the organization uh, and uh, must be an employee or contract. So there's, there's a lot of good information in there that I think will definitely help if that's uh, how you interact uh, with, tra with travel and, and uh, funding in Cuba. Yes. Um, so what do you have uh, in the pipeline for the coming weeks? Well, a couple of things. We just posted uh, a very fun interview I did with a friend of mine, Sarah Beth Felix, who runs her own consulting firm. She is also creating a bank in Vermont. And that interview is on our Empowering Together Women in AML series. So it's on that website. Also, um, coming up I'll, uh, toward the end of the month, we'll be working with uh, some experts in the antiquity space to get their take on that world. We've done some things in the past on that. We're gonna do some more. We're gonna have a webinar in um, October. We just got commitments from two really great experts, Megan Hodge from Ally Bank, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Sapano, former OCC enforcement lawyer, former, former deputy director. Uh, we're gonna talk about AMLA. Obviously, as you know, it's been a slow process in terms of everything from priorities to national risk assessment. But these folks, um, um, Megan, from within an institution, and Dan, who advises institutions, will will talk at length about what they're recommending, and maybe who knows? Maybe by then, it's October twenty seventh. There'll be some uh, new regs that we could also discuss as well. Yes, and you'll be able to register for that uh, webinar uh, the beginning of next week. So watch our uh, website and uh, our LinkedIn page, and you'll have an opportunity to uh, save a seat and listen to the, that great expert panel. Uh, John, you travel safely, okay? All right, Elliot, feel better, man. All right, bye-bye. See ya.